Gordon here with our best guest on a regular basis without any question, Tom Crawford out of East Lansing, Michigan. He, uh, you see him on all kinds of uh, videos that he produces uh, and you see him on Press Pass on Sunday nights uh, with Jack Ebling. You see him all over the place, but we love to see him here because he always uh, he brings the uh, the knowledge and the passion. Mr. Crawford, welcome back to the podcast. Well, JB, you're making me feel good. You say that to all your your co-hosts down here on the <laughs> podcast. I'm sure. No, all kidding aside. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you. We appreciated you, JB. Uh, a lot of a lot of good feedback. To, uh, your appearance with Rico Beard and myself on Jack Ebling's press pass on Fox 47 through StreamYard, which we're using right now. And uh, you did a terrific job. And we stayed away from quarterback controversy dialogue or triple log, whatever you want to call it. It was it was awesome. And we got in some really good issues. And thank you again for my uh, my friend for doing that. Well, it was a lot of fun, and it always is when we get together. And to, adding Rico just uh, is like adding a little, uh, little mini firecracker to the uh, to the mix. And uh, I, I I like Rico a lot, obviously, and uh, he is uh, on the other side of the fence, coverage wise. But uh, good uh, good friend, and it was a lot of fun. Let's talk. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about then, and I want to talk to you about now, is is this whole league expansion thing. I mean, the last time we talked, USC and UCLA were not members of the Big Ten or <laughs> or members to be. Now, I grew up as a uh, as a kid watching Michigan lose some very close, tough games in the Rose Bowl to USC in particular. Um, and one of the thoughts I always had was, you know, I wonder how this would go if this was being played back in Ann Arbor, back in Michigan Stadium, or back at least in the, uh, in the area with a, uh, with a more of a Michigan-friendly crowd and, uh, and the weather and all that kind of thing. And uh, now we might get a chance to see it. On the other hand, You've got a huge disruption for the uh, the traditionalists. Your thoughts on uh, on all of this that has come about? Yeah, it pains me when you go into those re- recollections of uh, Michigan USC games. In fact, I was at Bo Schembechler's last game there in Pasadena on the Arroyo Seco, that beautiful setting, and uh, you remember that uh, holding call or whatever. Uh, you know, Bobby Pose and Bobby Powers. I, I, some of this stuff just haunts me for life. But, um, yeah, it would be nice to have USC come, you know, around November 17th, Ann Arbor, a little wet snow out there, and see how the Trojans would do. And, you know, hopefully they'd bring the USC song girls, which is a nice plus to having UCL or USC uh, to, the, to the Big Ten. But as, as a traditionalist, John, as an old man, going back to the days of the 60s, I mean, this is, this is really hard to put my head around. I mean, where the regional – type rivalry is going to go this is going to be nuts i mean when you hear about uh you know what's going on the the crazy part with the rest of the pac 12 starting to freak out if you will that the two leaders usc ucla are gone what's washington oregon going to do arizona arizona state and you hear 
hey, maybe maybe they will join the Big 12. So you have Central Florida in Orlando, and you have Washington, the Huskies, in Seattle in the same league. Now, just look at the, the map of the United States and, you know, rationalize that that's a good idea. Well, I mean, you're saying the same thing about uh, uh, Rutgers in, in UCLA yeah. or USC. I mean, it's it's just nuts as far as I, I, I'm really interested to see the logistics on all this and how they split up, how they schedule. And the thing about it is we don't know the full picture yet because uh, it's very likely to change before 2024 and, and the Big Ten could certainly add at least a couple more teams and maybe more than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see Kevin Warren's, uh, you know, Big Ten Media Days is two weeks from today. If my uh, if the, the the numbers look right on the calendar, and uh, I think I think that'll be interesting. Big Ten Media Days. Kevin Warren's going to get hit in that you know that opening commissioner uh, question and answer situation, uh, and who knows what two weeks is going to bring uh, as far as this thing. I think this is total panic mode, John. You know, you hear the the SEC initially went after heavily USC, UCLA, and having this super conference to kind of corner the world, if you will of intercollegiate athletics, specifically college football. And, you know, that would have been horrible for the Big Ten. Uh, so, I mean, this is all relative of what you have to do to protect your competitive level, your brand. Um, I, I'm not totally distraught of having them on because this is the way of the new world. I mean, West Virginia uh, is in the Big 12. I mean, where's the natural rivalries? And this has been going on for a few years. Where are the natural rivalries of the Mountaineers have in that conference? That's the part that drives me crazy. I mean, West Virginia should be playing with Pitt. I mean, that's a, the backyard brawl. I mean, I, this is a sad part of what's happened happening to college football. So a little combination of questions here is, was this maybe a, a bit of a panic move on the part of the Big Ten in reaction to the SEC? Does it wind up being the SEC and the Big Ten as the super conferences and, the, you know, everybody else – fend for yourself and uh does it go to more of an nfl model which a lot of people are talking about yeah it looks that way i i, I really think and this is all guesswork i mean we don't know and like i said this this, this is uh moving parts of panic going on right now who knows what today is going to bring by the time this podcast is over who's going where i mean you got utah you know joining uh you know leaving the pac-12 along with washington oregon arizona arizona state to the to the Big 12, Dennis Dodd, who is a very, very uh, viable, reliable um, uh, media contact, uh, popped that thing yesterday. It's uh, it's 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 nuts. I I, I don't know where it's going to go, and and um, but I know Michigan's going to be in the Big Ten, and I know the core of the Big Ten, and I think the Big Ten brand is going to keep its name. But this is all about money, and the Power Five will probably go down to the Power Four. Group of five. Well, I don't know what's going to happen to the group of five. The American Athletic is going to be depleted. Uh, there, there might be a the group of five might go down to the group of four. They might be eight conferences in FBS. I don't know, but there's going to be a the the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be the the two big money makers, and it's all about money, as we know. So, give me uh, from what we know now. We know USC and U, UCLA are in as of twenty four. Give me, as things stand right now, the best of this 
and the worst of this for you personally? What you would most look forward to with the change and and what kind of makes you cringe a little bit? Well, what's best about I me, mean, I let's be honest with you, the Rutgers and Maryland brand, if you will, and let's let's just stick on college football for a second. That did not help the brand uh, value equity of the Big Ten, but it helped the TV market value. Uh, USC and UCLA, those are sexy names, I'm telling you. And recruiting-wise, uh, Michigan, if they get off their, you know, get on their horse, if you will, and, and get their act together recruiting-wise and embrace NIL, and that's another topic for another day, um, getting players, I mean, Southern California is a huge, huge reservoir of talent that uh, the big that Michigan could go after. Hey, your parents. You know, I mean, you, you know, can see you when, when we come to, to play USC and, and all that stuff. And it'll be on the Big Ten Network in, in California, that kind of stuff. So, uh, and, and there's Ty. I think it would be great. And the alumni bases out there, Michigan alumni, all Big Ten alumni out in Southern California, uh, would be more entrenched with, with, with college football than it is right now. But the negative is, I don't know logistically, how the heck is this going to happen? The quote-unquote non-revenue, and no, I'm not supposed to say that. Let's call it the Olympic sports. I mean, how do you justify flying uh, the women's soccer team out there, you know, or how to you know to play USC, UCLA, and all those things? There's a lot of money, but I know each team's going to get about 100 mil, and I, it maybe is that going to cover it? That's a lot of money. 100 million is a lot of money per year. If you can cover – all of your sports with that and, and other resources, then it's good. But I just think it's going to be some penny pension and some logistics uh, from the academic perspective of how you're going to manage, navigate academics and athletics when you're flying teams all over the country. No question about it. Maybe, uh, maybe at a certain level you can uh, just meet in Kansas as long as you can <laughs> actually secure a, an airline flight, which is no yeah. easy thing these days. That's another right, issue. We're gonna, yeah. we're, yeah, we're, no doubt about it. That's that's something that's got to get fixed and uh, fixed in a hurry. We uh, we want to switch gears a little bit. Obviously, Michigan basketball now knows what it has, what it does not have. Uh, the the last addition, Yusuf Kayat, six nine, uh, good shooter. Very uh, skilled basketball player who has played a little professional ball overseas. Uh, you know, the, the optimists uh, like to think, okay, we got, you got the next Franz Wagner. And uh, others say, you know, he'll have some uh, adjusting to do, as, as do all European players that come over here. Your thoughts on how everything has gone down the stretch for Juwan Howard once again having to be extremely nimble in putting together uh, a a roster that has more than fifty percent turnover for the second time uh, in two years. Yeah, Yusuf Kayat. Yeah, that was a great uh, high. You know, get you know get the job done kind of recruiting by Juwan Howard. I mean, I, this is where Juwan Howard uh, he doesn't flinch when you know when he has the early departures. Uh, and he's told by uh, two of his players. I mean, late in the game, we didn't really know. I mean, obviously, if, if Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate for sure were going to leave, and then they left. Left, and you know, they got they got drafted high, which is great for the Michigan basketball program as a brand um, to go high in the second uh, for those two young men. And uh, best of luck to them. But um, 
I mean, I think this is going to work out good. Now, with Yusuf, I mean, you're you're talking about a, another Mo Wagner, and I, I was talking to my podcast partner on on um, on my podcast with with Chris Young, the former Wolverine center. It talks about he he sees Yusuf as maybe a, a very young Mo Wagner. Uh, that's you know you remember Mo freshman sophomore year. This was this transition into this physicality, if you will, of the Big Ten from playing overseas, and that there might be some transition for Yogi, as they call him. And uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I think Michigan's going to be deep. But you you hit it on the head, right? I mean, John, nine of the 14 kids on this team, Scouts, uh, have not played a minute on the hardwood for Michigan. You're talking about a couple of guys that uh, that have not played yet that were on the team. So um, it's going to be one of those uh, November head-scratching, uh, this, where's this team going to go? And maybe they gel in January and and, and go together. Um, but Jalen Llewellyn may be the key guy. Is, is he going to be the Mike Smith that, to galvanize this team from the outside coming in? Uh, that's that's going to be crucial, um, uh, you know, to to lead this Michigan team next year. Yeah, maybe a little bit more of Mike Smith early on than Devontae Jones. Yes, uh, exactly. Devontae Jones came along and, and did really well. Uh, you know, you would have liked to have seen what could have happened had he stayed healthy at the end of the year. Uh, but but certainly there's no guarantee that it's an automatic Mike Smith because Mike Smith seemed to click with that group almost immediately and, and things went very smoothly for that team. As far as, you know, you, you're talking about roster uh, makeup and the ability to put together a roster, that would be one of the reasons I would contend that Michigan is maybe better off as a program at this point, at this juncture of college basketball, than even with uh, when it had John Beeline throwing the switches. John Beeline, you know, I said, have said, many times best coach in uh, Michigan basketball history. And he, he had some really great late lands that where he was patching things together. Uh, Karis Levert would be one of them, uh, but he was getting increasingly tired of having to do that. And you could tell. And I think Juwan Howard being a, um, you know, coming from the NBA where the, the rosters change uh, significantly and you're having to move on the fly and maybe being a, a younger guy that hadn't been through it for as long, maybe uh, uh, much better suited, I think, for this role at this time. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that's what that, that did drive John Beeline crazy. I mean, you you have to re-recruit your kids you have to guess I mean Jay Wright left Villanova I mean he basically admitted that in a press conference that was one of the big caveats uh, you know that sent him sour on college but that burned him out and he had great success and, and made a final yeah you know, a couple of national championships and a final four appearance in his last out in last season Audi uh but when you have to guess What's your canvas, as I call it? What's your canvas going to look like? What you know, your, your war room? Where, where, what players are going to be there? And this is why I like Juwan. I like him not holding back scholarship. Izawa here, I think he has a couple in the in the vault, and I think you might as well use them every year because you know guys are going to leave. You have to look, John, at every year as a square one approach. 
the blank canvas thing, I call it, because it's going to change every year. So you can't really try to, oh, that, that, that bodes us well for 24, whatever. You can't, you can't project what's going to be. You take it one year at a time, one day at a time, one hour at a time is a philosophy in life I have. But in basketball, college basketball, one year at a time, let's approach it. And then we'll reshuffle the deck next year and start over. That's how you have to approach college basketball when you've got the portal and all, you know, kids transferring and leaving early. It's, it's, a, it's a mess right now, a hot mess. Well, coming down the stretch here of this particular podcast, and speaking of projecting the future, I'm going to toss you an impossible question to answer. And I wouldn't toss it out uh, if it wasn't a, a, a commentator of your caliber. Michigan has an opportunity to extend its Sweet 16 streak to six this coming year. With the roster it has, go out on a limb. Give me a guess as to whether this crew can make it six straight. You know, I, I think it can because – that and. The reason I think that is that Michigan is always in good position when they're under the radar. And, you know, the early, you know, the latest uh, way too early top 25, it changes all the time because now we're finally settling in to where um, we know what players are showing. They're, they're actually there, you know, and, and which ones are coming in and uh, every scholarship has been utilized and now everybody's settled in. Okay. I really think that this team, I have a lot of faith in this staff. I have a lot of faith in Juwan Howard. I know that hiccup last year, last January in, in Madison, uh, was, was was not a good thing. But how he handled that, how he recovered from that, and the lessons learned from that, I'm really glad he's coaching Michigan basketball. And I love Beeline as much as you, JB. But uh, I'm happy with this situation, and I'm fully confident Michigan – will be back in the Sweet 16 next year. I just think they have – that's part of their DNA right now in this program. And when we think John Beeline as much as that, as Juwan, uh, Michigan is a, is, a, is a solid, solid player in college basketball. All right. Before, uh, before we go, we've got to each uh, toss our two cents in as to where uh, a, a great side trip would be for the Michigan football team when it ventures north. And I'm going to give them, uh, Jim Harbaugh, take, make sure your team gets to uh, the old log slide over Lake <laughs> Superior, just west of, uh, of, uh, of the Sleeping Bear Dunes. No, not, not the Sleeping Bear Dunes. That's the one that gets all the, all the pub. Yeah. I'm talking about dunes up on, uh, up on Lake S- Superior. And uh, if you go to... Uh, Grand Marais, it's east of there, and uh, it's it's doesn't have, like I said, doesn't have the pub of the Sleeping Bear run, but it certainly has a lot of character, about a 400-foot climb, uh, and I think the uh, the young men would take to that. What's what's your can't miss place up there? <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, and I hate to say this because you know, I go, it's my dad's hometown, uh, brought up on a farm, played for the Frankfurt Panthers. I'm going with Frankfurt, Michigan. And I'm going to tell you why. It's a great kept secret. The beaches in Frankfurt are phenomenal. It's not too crazy. They can run up and run up and 
down the bluffs and get a good workout in. They can go over and watch the Frankfurt Panthers work out. And they're seven on sevens. They're typically in the in the in the state championship every. It's just a nice nice place. But I'm gonna give you one more one more stop besides Frankfurt. Then get into via wherever they're going and go up to Walloon Lake and stop by and see John Beeline's compound on beautiful Walloon Lake. I'm sure Beeline would embrace it. Take him out in his boat. That's one of the most beautiful lakes. And it's just south of Petoskey, and that which is another great town. So Frankfurt, and then go to Beeline's place on Walloon Lake, and go visit Coach Beeline on Wall and visit the, the Beeline compound. Well, maybe he'll uh, make you a sandwich while you're there. <laughs> uh, Tom Crawford, always great to have you with us. We will do this again soon. We will talk uh, extensively more Michigan football on the field because. Uh, I am told that within the next week or so, the football preview is going to be going out. So yours is on the way. All right. I'm, I'll, be, I'll be punting away. Look at the mailbox, JB. And thanks again for, being on the, for having me on the podcast today. It's so much fun.